All right. Well, good morning. Good morning here in the house and good morning out there uh, on video, TV, uh, those that are at a distance in the country, those that are, are uh, local but not local enough, and also those that couldn't get up and get out. <laughs> so, so good morning, everybody. You know, regardless of what position we're in, it's our time to lock in and hear from God, right? All right, so we've been talking about finding purpose for the last two or three weeks, um, and we're going to get into that today. Um, and so as we're identifying and we're talking about purpose, I uh, just want us to think about a couple of things. Person, purpose is the reason we exist. Uh, it's the uh, reason why we're created. The reason we exist and the reason why we create it. And when people start talking about purpose, it could be an exciting thing because people are looking for answers. It could be a stretching thing because people are looking for excuses. Uh, it could be an awakening thing because people hadn't realized there's more to come and there's more to do. All right. And, and so this, this created purpose... Um, uh, God creates us as a being. So there's things that are just universal to all of us that we're all going to do. I mean, the goal is for us to be what? Have dominion, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. So with all due respect, do we need to be fearfully and wonderfully made to do that? Well, I mean, we all... I mean, we all can do that. What I'm saying is, the, you don't, you know, the wonders you may need, but the specifics, the customized, uh, the different fingerprints and stuff like that, you don't really need. We, we all are universal to do that. There's certain things that's, that's, that's attached to our gender. There's things that are attached to our gender that, that, that we've been giving roles. Uh, we talk about this in a, a relationship boot camp pre, and premarital. That's something that's universal to our roles. Um, the things that are universal to our existence and universal to our roles are not things to just uh, snub a nose at. These things are important. Uh, all right, those are foundational things. But then we're fearfully and wonderfully made for some things. Now, those are things that are, are unique to us. That's why we have different fingerprints and what have you. It's, it's unique to our particular design. It's things that everybody can't do. You, see, you understand what I'm saying? So, so th those are the areas that normally stretch us a little bit because we would rather just settle for our universal existence. You know what I'm saying? Because we probably could do that without thinking about it, you know. In some cases, some of us are not operating in dominion and we're not fruitful in multiplying anything. All right, the things that are, are that's equal to our roles, that next stage, some of us are comfortable with that and we'll settle in that. But the things that are uniquely designed for us, that's uncomfortable because now we got to go deeper. Now we have to take more responsibility. Now we have to get out of our comfort zone. And those things are hard. You know, you grab a job and you, you have a job that's a, a benevolent job and you really are, you know, you're doing a good service. Well, some people just want to rest right there. They don't want to go deeper in that. So they, what they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll customize the perspective of the job to say, well, I'm pretty much just uh, doing what I'm supposed to do in the kingdom because look at the people that I'm helping. Well, well, Moses was helping some people too, one person at a time. But he had a bigger purpose. He was a, he's supposed to help a whole kingdom of people. So he had to go in the wilderness, 
purge out some of that default that would that was layered on them. Go up to a mountain and go deeper into the presence of God. Have an experience with God that no one else could have and come back and realize, no, there's more that I want you to do. And even in the deep conversation with God, he looked at how he had been. He looked at his limitations, his fearfulness, his nervousness, his stuttering, and was like, surely you don't want to use me. I'm okay with what I have been doing up to this point. I had a, I have, I've been educated in Pharaoh's camp. You know, so I have skills. I've been trained as a skilled person. You know, surely that's enough. And actually, I saw one of my brothers that I realized I'm supposed to be with, and I had to leave comfort zone, and I, I helped them out. I took care of the person that was trying to harm them. God saying those are some wonderful things. But those are teardrops compared to the shower of blessing I want to pour through your life. Right? So now I need you to go deeper. But hold on, God. Look at my limitations. You want me to go beyond this? He said, oh, yeah, so what I'm asking you to do now, you're going to need me for. What you've been doing up to this point, you probably can do without me. You won't do it well, but you can still do it without me. But what I'm requiring of you in this deep place with me is going to cost more. And you're going to have to yield to me. You're going to need me. So this, this purpose, this ultimate purpose, this truth, this final reality, that's what truth means, it's, uh, it's what draws us into submergence with God. Well, we're submerged with God. Uh, it's what demands us to have a need for God. The Bible says in John 15, 5, apart from him, we can do nothing. And so when we're having finding purpose, don't dismiss what we're talking about as I've already, like, like I'm doing some, some things, I'm impacting lives, I share, but God ain't done. I got to keep going deeper. I can't rest in what I've done. I have to go deeper to find out what else I need to go deeper in God to do, right? So it challenges us to go deeper in that God. See, sometimes we don't do stuff because we're nervous. So we find a, 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 a default to excuse anything that's going to challenge our nervousness. Sometimes we don't like to read. So we find a way to get around reading. Sometimes we don't like teaching and learning. So we come up with, you know, statements like I'm a visual learner. I keep telling y'all, everybody's a visual learner. Even if you read, you got to see it while you're reading it, right? So, so, but we keep coming up with little things to justify. Uh, we were uh, doing a premarital and we were sharing how sometimes people, they have little things. You ever been in a situation where person say, I'm lazy? Like coming into the situation, hey man, you know I'm lazy. You know what they're basically saying? Don't place no demands on me because my response, I told you I was lazy, right? Right? I told you, I, I told you ahead of time I was lazy, so I don't know why you're expecting something. Now, I told you, I, you know, I just don't focus on those things, right? No, we got to get past that and allow God to take us deep into purpose, okay? See, see, uh, there's stages in our life where we feel bored. You ever just felt bored? Like you, you, like, you realize there's something, something else I'm supposed to do, but it's impossible to be bored when you're so busy appreciating the abundance of details on God's purpose road. See, when I stop traveling the road is when I get bored. When I stop going deeper is when I get bored, right? Uh, I was sharing this with a young man. He's, a, uh, he's an actor. Uh, right now he's in a movie 
uh, called The Plane uh, that just came out. And we was having a, a, a conversation. I said, listen, as long as you're on Purpose Road, you're never going to get bored. You're never going to have a midlife crisis, right? It's when you get distracted from Purpose Road and you get stuck in time, right? See, we have to, this is the thing. If we calibrate ourselves to what God has planned, so we have to know God's will for our lives, right? And if we, if we know God's will for our life or his purpose for us, um, we're, we're going we're gonna to have a wonderful momentum. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Let's look at Ephesians 5 real quick. Again, we're talking about finding purpose, Finding purpose. You know how sometimes you can get married and you, you may just out of default says, you know, I have a wife, but why are we going at it? You're probably going at it because you didn't really find your wife. Your wife is inside that woman, but you're going to have to go deeper. You have to go deeper in God to actually find the wife that you are supposed to have, right? You got to go deeper in God to find the purpose you're supposed to have. All right, so Ephesians 5, uh, 17, verse 17. I'm reading out of the King James Version here. It says, wherefore, be, not, be ye not unwise. So, so we can be what? We can be unwise. Uh, but understanding what? What the will of the Lord is. So if I don't understand the will of the Lord, I'm operating as if I have a level of intellect, but I'm unwise. I'm unwise if I don't understand what the will of the Lord is. And so, so we have been talking about God is always trying to reveal to us what his will is and what his purpose is, so he sends us breadcrumbs. We did that in the message called what? God's breadcrumbs. So these breadcrumbs and these signs are everywhere. If we don't know where we're going, we'll walk, walk right past purpose. Now, 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 okay, so these signs are everywhere. If I don't know where I'm going, I'm going to walk right past purpose. I'm going to walk right past the breadcrumbs. Now, how does that operate? How, how does that, so just like right now, you, you plug in your GPS because you're going to a particular location, the signs keep confirming you're going in the right direction. But if you have no idea where you're going, you can walk right past signs. You know, uh, years ago, I was going to a, a basketball tryout in um, uh, Maryland. So as I've shared this before, and I felt or I thought I was going to Laurel, Maryland. I never really looked at the directions. So what I said was I was going to stop at my sister's. My sister, uh, she went to Howard. She was working for the uh, NIH, uh, National Institute of Health back then. So I said, well, sis, I'm going to come hang out with you to try out at this particular time. So I drive. I see Laurel. I said, and then I had to think of drive another hour or so. Spend time with her. I said, well, now I got an hour to get there. It's cool. No problem. Never looked at the directions. So get in the car. Still didn't look at the directions. Drive to Laurel. Get to Laurel and says, okay, let me see exactly where I need to go. Well, when I looked, the trial was in Rockville, Maryland. You know, this is not, we didn't really have GPS back then. So I really didn't know where I was going. <laughs> and so God sent the angel, a guy. Uh, I pulled up in this industrial place. Uh, it's on a weekend, so it's closed. This guy pulls up with a, a VW bug like somebody sent him. And I said, man, I'm in Laurel. Where's Rockville? So he pulled out. He had a map. He pulled out a map. He says, you are here. You're trying to get here. Way on the other side of D.C. So, you know, I had my little uh, 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 
Chevy Spectrum back then, my little brand new car. And uh, I was flying. I was flying. It only went, I think, 85. But I probably was going 95. You know, the, 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 you know when it go past the little. And then I was riding on the, the shoulder the whole way, like just flying, stressed out. What happened? Right? I missed signs because I didn't know where I was going. So how many times we, when we finally find out where we are, we realize we're not where we're supposed to be, and now we have to rush to try to get in place, right? See, uh, let's go to uh, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Be not ignorant, right? But understand what the will of the Lord is. Are we playing off of God's will or what they say, Right? All right, so this is, this is um, you know, uh, Jesus, you know, kind of, he's, he's about to be resurrected, so he's trying to give them some instructions, uh, you know, telling them they can lay hands on the sick and they recover and, you know, things that touch you and they will not harm you and, you know, he's just breaking things down. And, and so verse 19, Mark, uh, Mark 6, verse 19, it says, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. So he's pretty much finished. You know, he said that at the, at the uh, cross, right? He was finished. And so, so since he was finished and now he's risen up, he says, when I leave, I'll send you a comforter. And then it says here in verse 20, this is what we're focusing on. It says, and they went forth. So now they're going forth, having a full revelation of what the Lord I said, Mark, I said, Mark six, it's 16. 16. I didn't say 16? It's on tape, but y'all can't see it right now, so y'all can't prove it. It's Mark 16. <laughs> Don't try to put it on so they can see it. Like, <laughs> right, Mark 16, I apologize. And I read 19. So I'll go back and read 19 again, and then we'll go to uh, verse 20. I apologize. Right. It says, so then after the Lord has spoken unto them, right, he, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. So he's complete, finished everything he had to do, and he's sitting on the right hand of God with what? All power. Because they had just told him, you know, all power is given unto me. That was Matthew <laughs> that I didn't go to. Right. And then verse 20 says, then they went forth and preached everywhere. Right? Uh, Lou said he's listening to the songs and saying the Lord's everything, but he's everywhere. Right? Preach everywhere. Look, now they went to preach everywhere, but look what's happening here. The Lord working with them because he's sitting on the right hand of the Father with all power, right? And confirming the word, his will, with signs following. So, see, I know I'm going in the right direction because God confirms it with signs following. So you can be going through stuff. There's, you know, we've grown through things at the church. You go through different things. Some people want to hear the truth. Some people don't. Some people are jockeying for position. Some people have the right motives. Some people have the wrong motives. But, but no matter if somebody has a right or wrong motive, when you care, it's going to hurt if somebody discards you or rejects you or leaves you, right? It's going to have an effect whether you, whether, whether you think you are right or not. So don't think, you know, boy, you know, that pastor, boy, he's cool, boy. I would have been upset. I went off. He handled that wonderfully. Yeah, well, you're looking at, just like you can see a game. Whoo, that was smooth. That's that move, that shot. Ooh, yeah, but you don't see what's going on inside of a person. 
And so it does have an effect, right? So it does hurt, right? But each and every time something happens to us, God sends a sign confirming, don't worry about this, you're going in the right direction. Every time, some phenomenal blessing, almost like he won't give us time to hurt. He said, how you going to hurt with all this? I'm about to overwhelm you. Now, now, now what was you saying? I didn't hear you. You, you seemed like something was bothering you. What was it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't remember because he overwhelms us, right? Confirming you're going in the right direction every step of the way, right? So that's why we don't flinch. See, these are faith signs. They're, 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 they're leading you. That's your unction or your knowing. It's, it's in, uh, uh, these faith signs are leading you on a path. This unction, the Bible says you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things, First uh, John 2, right? And, and so you're going and there's indications and confirmations happening at the same time and you're just rolling. Everybody think you're tripping. Nobody understands, but they don't see all the signs and the confirmation. Remember in 1 Kings, it's a little audible, but 1 Kings 6, when uh, Elijah with the Gehazi, so he's following God's path, being obedient as a prophet. His servant says, well, and so the, the kings was, was upset. Just like when you're speaking the truth and you're walking in the word, every family's going to flip and trip. Nobody's going to understand, right? But, and, but sometimes because you're, you have an affinity to them, it's hard to, to, to really stand and tell them the truth, but you, you have to, right? And sometimes you may walk away from the conversation and all the life is sucked out of you, right? Because you had to have this conversation about God, right? I mean, you're drained, right? You, you just feel helpless. Well, Elijah's out here sharing, and it wasn't just family. There was kingdoms got their armies together to come after him. No, 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 not their best soldier. <laughs> no, armies. And so his servant's like, Master, ain't you, don't you see this? He said, no, 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 there's more to be with us than be with them. See, he was seeing something different than from the servant. The servant was like, maybe we should change what we're saying and doing because we can't stop no kingdoms. And he was like, oh, no, no, we good. He said, there's more to be with us than be with them. Then he said, Lord, open his eyes so he can see what I see. Open his eyes so he can see the signs. And there was chariots round about. Right? Lord, God has sent his soldiers. <laughs> right? Uh, Lou said it today. He said, just because you don't see it don't mean it ain't there, right? Didn't you say that this morning? I heard you, right? Right? Just because you, you can't see it don't mean it ain't there. So these, these signs following, they're, they're following your obedience on purpose path. As you're operating in obedience on purpose path, these signs are there to confirm, go ahead, you're doing good. Uh, you're going in the right direction. Uh, in the book of Joshua 24 it says, for the, Lord, it says for, the, for the Lord our God, which did those great signs in our sight. <laughs> what he said, he preserved us. He said, so as we were traveling, the, the Lord was taking care of us. You know, this is way before he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But he wasn't saying that just to say it. He was like, as we were moving through this process with Moses and them and Aaron and them, and as things was happening, he was saying the Lord did great things. He did phenomenal things. Like he was like, he said, hey, like imagine Joshua telling his story. He said, man, you should have seen that locust, man. 
You should have seen all those locusts. Man, the hell and the fire, when, when all that hell was coming, you should have seen. Man, the whole, everywhere we look, everything was blood. Like he's telling us how the God took his time to show signs. Man, don't worry, stick with me, I got this covered. He said, oh, listen, and when the sea opened up, Man, I was done then, man. Matter of fact, I was, was kind of a little intimidated. I really didn't want to walk through. I didn't know when it was going to collapse. But because of all the stuff he had did before, all the signs, I'm like, surely he did this for me. And he ain't going to open it up to close it on me. He might be closing it on them, but he ain't going to close it on me. And so you may wonder, how come the, the, the Pharaoh and them didn't, didn't rush to almost be right behind them? Well, when they saw that sea opening up and they had saw all the other signs and death and all types of things start happening before, I guarantee you, as soon as it opened up, it slowed them down. Because they didn't have the faith that the children of Israel had. All the signs was for them, but against the enemy. And so when they saw that water rising up, whoa, hold on, hold on, man, hold on, hold on. Their first thought wasn't the water. Their first thought was God showed up for them, like he's been showing up for them. Maybe we want to rethink this. But then they start thinking like people think in the world about their stuff because they had gave them all their Jews, their jewels. They had gave them, you know, they just gave them everything. Just leave. What you want? Just leave, right? And they start thinking about their, they gave them everything. They start thinking about the labor that was prospering them. And it's like, well, maybe we can get through too. Seems like it's, the water's been up for a long time. While they were pondering in their fear, children of Israel was, was passing through. Then they go in and they all get drowned, right? That's why, that's why they wasn't lockstep with them. They were afraid because God showed up again. See, when God's signs show up, it inspires us, but it intimidates the enemy. Here he go again. Man, here he go again, Right? And so let's go here, uh, since uh, Lou brought this up, you know, obviously God was talking to him in a car about what we're going to talk about today. Thank God for Lou locking his spirit to hear from God this morning. That would be good to know what the will of the Lord is, right? You know, because sometimes you can get distracted by the circumstances. When you're looking at the circumstances, you can't see what the will of the Lord is. So you just start magnifying the circumstances. Then you start getting frustrated. You start getting depressed. When, who cares about the circumstances? I want to know what the will of the Lord is. And when the circumstances come up, I want to know what the will of the Lord is. And then when something else come up, I want to know what the will of the Lord is. We talked about this in Bible school the other day. The response is always obedience. Right? No matter what the situation is, well, well, we were talking about submitting to authority. Well, suppose I'm submitting to a fool. The answer is obedience. God's going to give you what obedience you need in that situation too. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Hey, did you run into the door? <laughs> that was your husband. All right. All right. Let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Uh, familiar scripture here, right? It says, uh, now faith is what? The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? Right? So, see, see so, there, uh, there, there. okay, let's just go here to Amplify. I don't want to read out of Amplified, okay? Um, I always like the first two words, now faith. Don't say later faith. 
Noun faith. Look, is the assurance, right? Now, faith is the assurance. Look, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Senses ain't going to never see it, right? It's, the natural man can't discern the things of God, for they're spiritually discerned. Right? But the spirit is picking up something your senses won't give you permission to yield to. That's why we have to decrease in our minds, decrease in the flesh, and increase in that. Let that spirit lead us. They that are led by the spirit are the sons of God. So it was something we, we were talking about, this, this angle of faith in, um, in a master life. And I, li- I like this definition. Um, the author... Uh, uh, his last name is Willis, said, faith is the assurance you hold on to and the conviction that gets hold of you. So I hold on to the faith, but the faith is convicting me on the inside that this is real and I got to keep moving despite the circumstances, right? See, faith are the lenses to help me see the breadcrumbs on the purpose road to lead me in the path of what God wants me to do. That's why all these things in the world are trying to uh, skew or taint our vision, trying to stop us from seeing the confirmation, wants to punk us or intimidate us to settle for, right? Because once we settle for, immediately now the adversary who's seeking whom he may devour actually has access to our visual and blinds the minds of men. Because settle for is saying, I don't believe, so I'm going to settle for what I have. Because I don't believe I can go beyond that. Or this is enough for me. This is all that I believe I can control, and this is all I'm willing to control. You see, because what God has for us, the exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, we can't control. And as soon as God starts to move us in that direction, we choke in our inner man, in our flesh, and we go, nah, 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 couldn't possibly. We get into reason. We're going to talk about that in chapter, chapter 10 of spiritual authority. How, how, how reason, you know, that's the flesh. We're trying to kill reason. We're trying to submit to God's authority that's guiding us into fulfilling purpose. Right, let's go to Hebrews 2. Right, this makes sense so far? Yeah, because we want to find purpose. We want to get to purpose. We, let, let, listen, it's a, uh, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This made me, made me think about something. Let me see. I got it here. All right, so, so I, just, I got this from the, from, from the movie, but I just thought it was fitting. So in The Matrix, uh, the statement was made, the movie The Matrix, I think it was, might have been part two, I'm not sure. Could have been part one, I'm not sure. But he says, he says, he said, because as we both know, without purpose, we would not exist. Without purpose, we wouldn't exist. So if I'm not living for purpose, I'm really just existing. I'm just here, but I'm not really moving towards what I'm supposed to do. So he went on a roll. He was like, it is purpose that creates us, purpose that connects us, purpose that pulls us, that guides us, that drives us. It is purpose that defines us, Right? And honestly, he said it's purpose that blinds us. Now, remember when Paul was on the road to Damascus, 
he went blind. Now, when we look at it, we look at it, he was like, like totally blind. No, he was blind to the, to the senses and the natural. So he could only operate based on supernatural. He had to be led by the spirit, right? He wouldn't have connected with Ananias if he wasn't led by the spirit, right? And then he had to trust Ananias. He had to see what he couldn't see, right? And that's what, it's, so a lot of times, like, so what the adversary does, he blinds us from the supernatural and hope we, all we focus is on the limits of the natural. But what God wants us to do to be blinded from the natural so we can lock into the supernatural. That's why he tells us in 2 Corinthians 4.18, don't look on the things that you see naturally. Look on the things that you can't see spiritually. The things that you see are temporal, subject to change. They have limits. Things that you can't see are eternal, unstoppable. And that's what he's trying to get us to lock into. So Hebrews 2, uh, let's see. Oh, this is great. Let's, let's start at verse 1. It says, therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Right? We should really pay a lot more attention to God's will. It says, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, right? It says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and look, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Verse four. God also bearing the witness both with signs and wonders, with divers or different miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. According means in harmony with his will. See, a lot, see again, people always talk about signs and wonders. I really haven't experienced none. Are you on purpose path? Are you following his will? Because I guarantee you on, in his will, to keep you going, see, you walk by faith and not by sight. You take steps of faith, you trigger, you motion activate the, the breadcrumbs. You motion activate the miracles. You motion activate the favor. You motion activate the signs and wonders that God is trying to see sin in your life. But you're not going to do it standing still. You're going to do it taking steps of faith. So I think, I think of how this lines up with... Uh, we were sharing with you about favor and how favor goes out of, ahead of you. And so motion activation is something that's in our life now. You go, you, you walk to the, whether it's the grocery store, the mall or whatever, um, and you walk and there's motion activated doors. But if you're standing in a parking lot looking at the door, it's not going to open. It takes motion to activate it. Well, these signs, wonders, and miracles, these confirmations as God's trying to sing in our life, it, they are motion activated. You have to take the step of faith to activate what God wants, wants you to do. He told him to stretch out his hand over the sea. If he didn't motion activate by faith, the, the Red Seas wouldn't open opened up. Right? He, the, the, the prophet tells the woman, hey, yeah, she says, well, I'm, just, I'm just got enough for me. You know, me and my son, we're going to die. He said, okay, make me a cake first. And I know she was looking at him, are you crazy? I just told you I just got enough for us to eat our last meal and die. He said, no, 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 no. Motion activates some things. Make me a cake first. By faith, when you motion activate, by your faith, act on it, you're going to open signs and wonderful and miracles will happen. She had more than enough for her children for the rest of her life. 
had a cruise of oil. Prophet said, okay, take the, take the oil. Go, no, he said, go get vessels. Take the little bit of oil you have that you think is, 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 is barely enough to survive. Start pouring the oil. This is her line every time she asked for something to buy. She was like, baby, we just need to pour the oil. Pour the oil. <laughs> that, she's been running that line forever. He said, pour the oil. Now, if she didn't pour the oil, if she didn't get the vessel, she got more vessels than she needed. All of them was filled up and then some. The payoff debt and everything. But she had the motion activated. Young man sitting by the pool, people going in the pool getting healed because the angels stirred up the waters. He's sitting there, Jesus comes by, he's like, almost like, why would anybody be near this pool and not healed? He says, well, people come by, but nobody put me in the water. I know the Lord was like, it's motion activated, bro. <laughs> if you got to do the word, get your butt in that pool. Like, figure it out. You like to figure it out. <laughs> Forgetting the fool. I had to go back on video, see how that really looks. Right? Right? It felt weird, you know. Right? So it's motion activated. See, it's all, see, this is the thing. It's all about finding our purpose place. Basically, our fit in the kingdom. Because when we're in place, they there be planning the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts. Well, you don't. If, if, if you're a palm tree seed, uh, you don't hang out in Newark, New Jersey and expect to flourish. Or the, where are you from in Jersey? Uh, where is it? Uh, you, you down by the ocean, right? Vineland, right? Vineland is, 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 is more, uh, what you could say, greener than Newark, Right? What you say? CPC, you give people a little leeway, they just gonna run with it. We got trees. <laughs> like, you hear? We got trees. Brick City ain't got no trees. There's trees. There's trees in front of the house I grew up in. They just don't have a whole lot of space to roam, so they, they, they be pulling up the sidewalk just to try to find water. Right? But the point there is, even in the more trees vineland, in the garden state of New Jersey, a palm tree seed can't flourish there. It has to be in its place to flourish. Right? You see that? Does that make sense? Right? I, I was teaching this message at the other location. And there was two palm trees in front of it that I never really paid attention to. Because uh, I was like, palm trees don't grow in Charlotte, but I guess they do. <laughs> right? They don't look all that flourishing, but they there at the, at the old location. Right? All right, so, so, so we have to find our fit. The Ephesians 4.16 talks about being fitly joined together, right? Fitly joined together. Because when we're in, a, in the right place and the right fit, now we come together and signs and wonder, wonders and miracles happen, right? Because, again, we're on purpose path. We're on perfect growth. And by faith, it takes faith to harmonize with people. It takes faith to join the team. It takes faith to be a part of the family, even our blood family, Right? 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 That keeps you repeating that, you know. It takes a lot of faith because some of these fools getting on your nerves, ain't they? Ain't they? Yeah, guys, you can say it. They, I'm on camera. You're not on camera. They, they don't know. All right. The poor Anderson said it. Uh, <laughs> right? All right. So 
1 Corinthians 12, 28, it says, God set the members in the body as it pleases him. Now, God has this plan. He has this purpose plan, and he has this purpose place, right? And he's given us the instructions to guide and lead us there. He's using people. He's using situations. God will use movies, TV. He'll use a, a, a basketball game. You notice all the football games for years, scriptures will go up behind the goalposts? I don't think they do it as much no more. They probably punked them, right? But, but when we came up, you would always see John 3.16, all types. Every time the goal would go up, behind the goalpost, there would be a scripture, right? Right? Signs. Uh, I was driving one day. I was leaving the house, uh, and I was rushing because I was late. So I'm weaving through cars. So I weave through this car, weave through that car, weave through that. So I finally get on the freeway. I'm behind the car, and the car on a license plate, I believe it said Matthew 6.33. Now, I can go, oh, that's cute. It's a, it's, 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 it's a license plate. But what are the chances of me being behind that car? See, that's a message. That's a sign. But if I'm so frantic and so caught up in the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things, right, I'm going to miss the sign. I'm going to miss something saying, hey, hey, the issue is you're all over the place seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. I'm going to miss that sign that says, hey, don't seek the thing, seek the king. I'm going to miss the sign that says, you don't have to chase dreams, let them chase you. I'm going to miss the sign that says, you're supposed to be attracting the things of fulfillment, not repelling them by chasing them. I missed that one sign because I'm chasing. <laughs> right? You see that? Amen. So these signs are everywhere. All right. Uh, I'm going to read Romans 11, 28 and 29, because we we're talking about purpose, and of course it involves gifts, and people always quote the scripture, the, the, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, all right? Right, without repentance, right? Now, what that means is God doesn't repent for what he gives you. It doesn't mean that you appropriate it right, right? It doesn't, it doesn't mean you can just use the gift any type of way, and God's okay with it. It just means that the gift may be in operation, but it might not be deployed the way God designed for it to be deployed. It may be tainted. So you got good speakers that are good speakers. People love hearing them speak, but what's in them is tainted by all of their compromise. So some people are getting some positive and some negative, but they're going to follow everything. Does that make sense? All right, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. I right, Amplify says this. It says, from, from the point of view of the gospel or the good news or God's will, right? I, I told you, all right? Romans 11, 28 and 29. I didn't say that? Okay. All right. Amplified. I'm reading out of the Amplified. So you got these students. They're over here giving me these looks. I said, didn't I say the Amplified? Okay, so I missed the other thing, but I said to amplify. All right, so from the point of view of the gospel or the good news or God's will, they, uh, the Jews at present, are enemies of God. It says, which, which is for your advantage and your benefit. Or and benefit, didn't say and your benefit. Uh, it says, but from the point of view of God's choice of election and divine selection, they are still beloved, dear to him, for the sake of their forefathers, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given and he does not change his mind about those who 
he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. And so, so, so this is saying, you know, it gave the contrast of God called the Jews, but he called them for. He just didn't call them just to wear the badge. He called us, right? He says, so that's to your advantage. If you recognize now you've been engrafted in, so now you can operate on handling the call right. Look at how they're in a position of the enemy because they didn't handle the call right. Do you want to be in that position too? See, see, so when we are choosing to be obedient, we'll talk about this in chapter 10 of uh, spiritual authority in the Bible school, seven o'clock on Saturday mornings. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this going forward, 10 or 11. Um, but see, the thing is, God is trying to get us where obedience is our impulse, is what we do without thinking about it. Because then he's going to know we're going to fulfill his purpose. But reason, because of the cheat of knowledge, good and evil, has us actually sizing up God's instructions. Choosing which ones we want to follow. Which one we want to harmonize with. But we don't realize when we choose whether we're going to be obedient or not, we're choosing whether we're going to be fulfilled or not. Because we're choosing whether we're going to fulfill his purpose or their perversion. Now, you say perversion, and I know we look at sexual things and stuff like that, but anything outside of what God purposed to do is twisted or perverted. You know, I speak to people now, I, I have a level of influence. Well, when I was getting smoked out, I had a level of influence too. But I was perverting what God gave me to do. All right? I'm saying something, but I couldn't tell you what I was saying. But I remember people saying, I love hearing you talk. I have no idea what I was telling them because it wasn't about purpose and triggering purpose in them. It was about, I think I was trying to inspire, but I loved hearing what I was saying. Right? Let's look here. Proverbs 18. Just, you know, that's a little audible um, because I just thought about that just to let you know it's not just my opinion when these things happen. You can read the word. All right, so, so uh, Proverbs 18, I'll just read verse 1. We're going to focus on verse 2. It says, through desire, man having separated himself, set himself apart, seeking and intermeddling with all wisdom. Look, a fool has no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. See, I didn't have any delight in understanding back then. I wanted my heart to discover itself. So when my heart says something, I just like to hear what my heart said, not what God was saying to my heart. You see what I'm saying? I just like the way it sounded good to me. You know, so some of us are wordologists, right? We just like hearing ourselves talk. We can make craziness sound sane, but that don't make it sane. It just sounded sane. We can make uh, disobedience sound like obedience. That doesn't make it obedience. It just sounds like it, right? We can make sin sound like holy. Right? But that don't make it holy. We talked about this at Bible school. It's not a bad, that's not the way I see it. You, you know, some of us had that line, that's not the way I see it. We're not really talking about the way I or you see it. We're talking about the way God sees it. Now I'm on God's path, okay? Does that make sense? So 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 1. 
All right, it makes sense so far? Again, we're talking about finding purpose, and we're trying to get past some of the uh, barriers, the walls, the protections that we put up. And yes, you protect yourself from hurt, but you block out help too. You protect yourself from hurt, but you block out help. You protect yourself from hurt, but what? You block out help. Right? So 1 Corinthians 1, and we'll lock here on 2026. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read this out of the Amplified Classic Version just to save time. It says, it says, for simply consider your own call. So consider your own call, what, you, what God called you for. Brethren, not many of you were considered to be wise according to human estimates and standards. Not many influential and powerful. Not many of high and noble birth. No, for God selected, deliberately chose what in the world is foolish, look, to put the wise to shame. And what the world calls weak to put the strong to shame. And God also selected, deliberately chose what in the world is low born and insignificant and branded and, and treated with contempt. Even the things that are nothing that he might dispose and bring to nothing the things that are. So that no mortal should have, no mortal should have pretense for glory and boast in the presence of God. Now, if we go by this breakdown and description of how God chooses and selects people for purpose, we are, we are all candidates. But if we go by what the world has established or how we lead to our understanding, we'll do the Moses thing. Well, I'm stuttering. Well, you know, I messed up. You know, well, I, I've dealt with some mental things. You know, oh, well, you know, I, I'm not really as educated. See, again, this scripture removes your excuse of obedience. Because God takes people just like you to make them into the people that gives him glory and fulfill his birth. Because people are going, just like with Jesus, they was like, hold on a second. Ain't that the carpenter's son? The dude that used to fix the porches at Jimmy's house, remember? That dude. That's him? Even when the, when the, when the disciples was talking on the, after the day of Pentecost, they was like, hold on a second. What they're saying is powerful. But these can't be the guys. Not these guys. These Galatians? Like, they can't be these guys. Would you give God an opportunity for say, that can't be Stella? No, 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 no. There's got to be another. Look like Stella? It can't be. Does God get that opportunity? Or are we just going to keep waiting until the coast is clear? Can God use you for where you are? Could you get past... I, you know, some, do you know some of us have spent so long hiding our, our struggle with education? By now, we could be a genius. We're just learning from where we were at. We spend so much time getting around things that are difficult when you could use that time to master stuff. Right? Because like I told you Wednesday, it's all in the library. It's free. It was, nobody goes to get the simple information, okay? Struggling with a computer? Send a lot. Well, now it's online. For anything, right? So we actually can actually be way beyond where we are, but we keep telling ourselves, I'm limited. That's not what God says. And, and if you're limited, you're in a great place. You know why? Because God can resurrect you from there. That means you can't do it without God. The person that can't do it without God is in a better position than the person that thinks they can do it without God. 
So God is saying, when you say, I can't do that, God's saying, okay, good. Now let me do it through you. All right? We don't get out here. So just like with, perfect, pur- with purpose, sometimes gifting is ignored, it's neglected and rejected. Uh, sometimes it may not be seen, but it does exist. Interesting enough, you pointed that out this morning. Just because you can't see it don't mean it don't exist. You didn't know we was talking about this, but, right? So a lot of times we're ignoring it because of the responsibility. We're neglecting it because we're compromising. We're rejecting it because we're going, if I do this, they're going to expect that. You show right. Sometimes, very rarely, it may not be seen. But the key is it does exist. Now, I hear this teaching about finding purpose. Uh, some of it is shaking me up. Some of it, I have a default to shut it down. Now, you, you know, some of us have a default. I'm not going to have you raise your hands. And I won't call you out, but we got a default. Shut it down. We have ways of shutting things down. Quit. You know, no, I'm good with what I'm doing. Is God good with what you're doing? And, and oh, 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 I got you here because I heard you. I heard you. Somebody in here and watching online said, but God told me this. What else did he tell you? Give me the list of things God told you. You got this one statement you're living off of. So God just, he stopped talking. God told, gave the children of Israel a direction. Now they was disobedient. So they didn't fully be obedient what he did. They lost the battle, you know, with Joshua and them. They come back, right? How come Joshua said, all I know is God told me to go to the other side. No, Joshua's having conversations. You told us to go to the other side. Why did this happen? Somebody took up the accursed thing. Somebody on the team is not fulfilling their purpose, right? They're not obedient. They figured out who it was, removed that, removed that cancer so the blood could flow. Right now, he goes back and God tells him to go back out like you did before. But I want to add something this time. This time, set up ambushments. Go out like you did before. Run like you did the last time. Run like you're scared the last time. Run right into the ambush. So he used the defeat to give him victory. Are you asking God for the additional information? Because the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. It didn't say, give us this day the bread and you just live off of that the rest of your life. And that could be your justification to stay where you are and not leave your comfort zone. So are we getting the the rest of the information? All I know is God told me to quit my job. Okay. What else did he tell you? That was it? The conversation's over? You, You heard what you wanted to hear to get out what you wanted to get out. Did you get uh, uh, the next day's conversation and the next day's conversation and the next day's conversation? He could have told you to go take the job back tomorrow and they would have gave you a raise because they didn't think you would ever leave. Did you get that information? He could have said, now that you've left, you can see what I'm trying to do. Go here. So are we inquiring every day for daily bread, fresh rank raiment, uh, uh, fresh manna? Do you understand if they held on to the same manna at a certain period of time? You know, he said, okay, now just eat, eat what you need. Don't save none. Some people save some, but that manna today was spoiled tomorrow. Some of us carry around spoiled information, spoiled revelation, and spoiled instruction. That was the information for the period that you were in. You need to get the instructions for where you're at. You see the difference? 
All right, so, so we get into 1 Corinthians 7. We get into these situations, right? We're, we're in a tough situation. We, sometimes we've been disobedient. Sometimes we've been clouded. Sometimes we've been compromised. Sometimes we've been neglected. Sometimes we've rejected. Sometimes we're just out there playing around, okay? All right, sometimes we're we are afraid, right? You know, and sometimes we don't trust ourselves. You know, if I have to commit to this, I might mess up like I did before, right? So sometimes you just don't trust yourself. I know some people, uh, their parents messed up. And so they have a calling and they say, well, I don't want to do it because I don't want to, because it's in my genes, it's in my blood. You know, so they're not playing off of obedience, they're playing off of history, right? So, so we have all these situations that are understandable, okay? Right? We're all equal there. So now you, you, you discover that God's telling you something or he's tweaking something in you to do more than you've done before. Like you're getting a tweak. You get something, something's nudging you. You know, you know the nudge, right? Like, but now, now you've, in the past, you've been, able to, you've been able to dismiss it. But you can't dismiss it. It's showing up in dreams, you know, conversations with people that you don't even think is annoying. It. You know, it just keeps coming up. Every time you turn around, it just keeps coming at you. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's, it's coming at you so much you can't, you know, you, know, you, you got away from this, but then it shows up here. Okay. Now you're like, what do I do? So you could react and go, okay, 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 I'm gonna do this, and just go from one extreme to the other. So, so you go to the boss, I'm leaving this job. God told me to, I don't know, uh, start a business, get in the ministry, uh, uh, join the football team. And then you, so now you're going through process, like, I don't know why I'm going to God, you told me, I heard you, you told me. He says, you didn't listen for the rest of the information. Depending on where you are, there's specific instructions in each stage that you're at. You, you can't cookie cutter this. You got to listen for the accuracy. You know, like everybody just can't, oh my God, I'm leaving you. Like, yeah, you can't do that. Like, yeah, you know, there's a transition. The child just can't leave the house in all situations. Some situations, you're old enough, you can transition, you can leave. Now, 1 Corinthians 7, let's... let's you know, because some of us will find ourselves in these situations. Okay, so I'm going to read the classic amplifier version of verses 20 and 21, okay? It says, everyone should remain after God calls him in the station or condition of life in which the summons found him. Were you a slave when you were called? Do not let that trouble you. For if you are able to gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity, right? Uh, but, uh, but it says uh, uh, in, the, in the King James Version, it says, let every man abide in the same calling where he is called. So what it's saying is if God, if you, you pick up on God's signal, relax. Gather the instructions and the intel to take the next best steps from where you are. But now you're playing off a purpose, not circumstance. You're playing off a purpose, not the situation you're in. So as you transition, you're hearing God's instructions to, have, to navigate your way out. We can all today get lost, but we may be in different places. So we all need specific instructions. We, we may all think, oh, I can just go, I can just turn around and go back. But you know, sometimes you can't just turn around and go back. Because now the way back has different roads and different angles. So now you have to 
you know, you turn around and it takes a longer way to go back. There's certain exits that you can get off, go left, and get right back and go the other way. Do you know certain exits, if you go left, you're still going in the same direction you was going before? We have an exit up where we live. If you want to turn around, you get off, go right, and, and keep going right. That's kind of rare. Normally, you get off and you go left. That's probably an old exit. But see, I, for, so if I got lost, my instructions are going to be different. You understand what I'm saying? So again, so I have to re- lock in and get the next best steps from where I'm at. Does that make sense? But don't, don't rush from one extreme to the other. God has the wisdom to help you fully transition where you don't miss a beat. You can't panic, and sometimes that's what we do, right? Like Noah, we got to trust our heart, not our hands. Because we were talking about this uh, Bible study fellowship, Genesis chapter 9, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., right? We do that every, every Monday through Friday. So we were going through Genesis, and we, we were talking about Noah, and uh, what came out is, so, so you got Noah, you got the 40 days and 40 nights, which is what we focus on, some of us, right? Right? Well, when the 40 days and 40 nights was over, they didn't get out the boat. They had to wait for the water to recede. Right? Then they, they, they send a, kept sending the dove out. Dove comes back with a leaf. Right? Still ain't, you still got to wait for God's instruction. We can't go, there's a leaf! And everybody just jump out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just can't do that. You can't go, stop raining, and everybody just jump out. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you have to allow... Like, there, there was some patience involved. Somebody said it was 100 and what? 150 days t- total, right? Right? So, so even in that situation, he had to trust his heart, not his hands. Right? And that's what we have to do, right? right? But sometimes we, we panic and we go, I know what God told us, but we didn't listen for the details. We went from one extreme to the other, right? And so, so, so we'll, we'll probably have to get more into this next week, but, but I do want to wet your whistle with this. So we read the scripture in 2 Corinthians 1.9. It tells us all the attributes that God is requiring of us to, to, to flush out stuff. You know, faith, patience, perseverance, and all this. It says, if these things abide in you, 2 Peter 1, right, 1 through 8, these things abide in you and remain, it says, it, 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 it says no, if these things don't re- abide in you, it says you can't see afar off. So if I, if I don't attach myself to all the things that God has taken me through in these times of tutoring and governing and training and discipling, I'm not going to be able to see afar off. I'm only going to be able to see what's in front of my face. Now, that's uh, 2, Corinthians, 2 Peter 1 verse 9. It says you can't see afar off. We talked about that the other, the other week, right? All right, so if I can't really see what God is doing, I'm going to be stuck in the mud where I'm at, right? So our calling is, is not on the surface of our lives. This is the tough part. Right, but it's found in the depths, the depths of God's design. Right? The scripture says, What? Deep calleth unto deep. Right? So what God has for us is deep. It's calling us to go deep in Him so we can recognize the details of our design and our purpose. When we're casual with God, we're gonna miss out on seeing. The details. And then we're going to be frustrated with God because we're going to say, well, I did what God told me to do. Right? That's what we're going to say, but did you? We have these conversations back here with, the, with, with uh, 
my uh, phenomenal, fantastic produ production person, as we've been growing, there's certain things I would ask, then it would be carried out a particular way. So I would come back and say, now, what did I exactly tell you? And sometimes it was like, well, you said this was sometimes like, well, I was, because when a person has a servant's heart, they're rushing to do. So the person that's a servant's heart right there. So he, he just wants to help. But I was like, well, don't rush to help without having all the details because now you're not helping. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to, God is saying the same thing. I know you're excited that I've called and purposed you to do something, but you might want to get the details. The specific accuracy of the actual steps you need to take so you actually get out of this situation. Don't crystallize what I'm saying. Don't do it like you do instructions. It's pretty much saying this. I put together shelves and something as simple as completing the shelf and uh, the little um, cork on the back is showing on the front. All because I didn't line them up the way they were supposed to. Everything is tightened. Looks like a shelf. But I had to take the whole thing apart just for one shelf. All because what? The details. Those letters on those instructions when you're building something are there for a reason. The, the, the numbers, step one, is step one for a reason. If you skip, if you just look at the picture and do it, and, and don't realize step one should be done in a particular sequence, you're going to finish it and realize, oh, that's why. That was step one. Oh, and now you got to go back and do it all over again. Our life is the same way, right? So now, what is going to take for us to find purpose? Oh, we just got about five, five or six minutes here. Is we're going to have to do something that's difficult, right? But it's worth it. We're going to have to launch out into the deep. There's a Luke chapter five, verse four. You know, is where the, where the scripture comes from. But it's when you know. So Jesus. Look, look, similar to what we're talking about. These people are operating in business as usual. Mm -hmm. You got fishermen, you got, you know, and big business, they're doing their thing. Jesus comes out, asks them for their number one tool to use for something that they wasn't using it for. He asked for the boat. Their default was, no, 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 dude, we don't went out. Like, ain't biting a day. We've been out there. We've been all over the place. He tells them launch out, launch out to the deep after he uses the boat for preaching. They're like, oh, no, no, no. We're professional fishermen. Reason tells them there's certain times it ain't biting. We ain't do, why waste our time out here? We won't be getting no fish today. He says, again, go do something you did before. But now you're doing it at my word in the timing that I customized. Now you're not going out alone. My word is out ahead of you. So, so there's doors open, but you got to mo mo motion activate my miracles, signs, and wonders. So now launch out into the deep again. So it ain't biting, but nevertheless, at your word, we're going to go launch out into the deep. Look, they still went reluctantly. And I can prove it. They didn't take all their boats. They didn't take all their nets. And they got so much fish, they had to call for help. Details. I told you to go out. I'm bringing everything prepared 
prepared to receive abundance. I'm not going to be overwhelmed by the abundance. That's good. You see the difference? Yeah. So now go and do it my way, at my time, in my place, which is deeper than you've ever gone before. You will go to a limit, but then you will choke. Mm. See, I, see I, was, I, I was bringing you through Siobhan in increments because I knew it was going to be overwhelming at each stage. But I'm picking up momentum, and so where I'm sending you in the deep is what I had planned all the time. But because I'm a wise God, I knew you was going to choke. And so what I did was I kept bringing you, and each stage I purged you from your head. Now this stage I'm taking you into the deep, and I don't need you accessing your reason, your mind, and your head. Because then you won't receive what I have for you, which is exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. And it's not about if you want it, like it, or need it. My people need it. And all creation is waiting for the manifestation of you to do what I need you to do so they can get what they need. It's bigger than this. Do you see that? Do you see that? Do you see that? See, that's, that's, that's kind of, so we have to look. See, look. I have not seen or ear have heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for us. We all fall into that category, right? That's, what's that? First Corinthians 2.9, right? See, see, look, look, look. First Corinthians 2. It's a couple chapters over, look. We're just hanging out in First Corinthians. Now, before we get into verse 9, verse 4 and 5, it says, my preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but was in demonstration of power, right? So your faith should not stand in what? The wisdom of men, but the power of God, right? Right? So it's saying like, like the wisdom of men is the intellect, the circumstances, you know, what's, what seems like it's okay, the limits. He says, he says but when I, when, what are we talking about today? The preaching and teaching is not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it's supposed to be with demonstration of power. So, so when you see uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, the eighth year of the church, the vision was new beginnings. In the eighth month, God closes on this 21 acres. Like, you can't make that stuff up. Or the full circle, right? Or momentum, right? You just can't make it up. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, uh, 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 the power breaking through. You've seen people power breaking through where people were broken and, and healing and forgiven and then signs and wonders happening in their life. Supernatural restoration, true starts, is way beyond that. And we can't choke. But these are the things that God has prepared for us because he loves us, right? Does that make sense? Amen. First Corinthians 2, uh, not, well, that was 9, I just read 9, right? I read four and five. Well, I quoted four and five. But <laughs> All right, verse nine, it says, but it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of man. We talked about those senses earlier, right? Right? We said the faith is beyond the senses, right? It says, 
uh, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him, right? So it's, it's saying that this is our state being born into this type of world. We can't even see purpose. Verse 10, but, this is a but. It says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Now look at this. For the spirit searches all things, yea, what? The deep things of God. It says, what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So when we tap in, we go deeper in the spirit. We go deeper into this commitment to God. Deeper into worship as you was talking about today. Deeper into praise. Deeper into word. Actually, now we're starting to tap into the things of God. And the thing is, God is saying this because God says, do I have to remove the things that you're dependent on? For you to go deeper in me? Because I, I have no problem with doing it. But I'm giving you an opportunity to transition the right way. Because God, whatever you're focused on that's distracting you from going deep in God, he can remove it with no problem. You're feeling some of it now, but that's just like, hey, you know you can lose this, right? Let's go deep. Right, so we're going to have to go deeper. We're going to have to go deep. We got to count the cost. We have to dig deep to find these hidden treasures. Right, we have treasures hidden in our earthen vessel. We got to go deep to find them. Second Corinthians four seven. You have treasure hidden in this earthen vessel. God is our like. Do you think God is re, retarded or something? Which means underdeveloped. Like, do you think God's underdeveloped? Like. Do you think he had a plan for your life, fearfully and wonderfully made you and forgot something? No, he put those treasures in you, but they're motion activated. When he gets you in a certain environment and, 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 and you start to weep, like th that release was waiting for a long time. It gets you in an environment and, and something gets stirred up or you start to see stuff. Like, like do you understand what, he's, it's, what, is, what is the gifts of getting stirred up? It's getting stirred up in you. But it's not stirred up just to be stirred up. It's, it's trying to come out. Help me. Like it's trying to come out. Help me, please. Like, it's crying. Get in position. Stop. Like, stop, stop adding on this weight of stuff that ain't got nothing to do with purpose. Stop making excuses to chill. Are we serious? Like, you can chill in purpose without the guilt, without the conviction, without the hustle, without the lying, without the thirsty. Right? Like, what, like do we really want Everything we're looking for is in purpose. Everything we're looking for. And again, listen, I know we have the universal purpose. We have the roles in purpose. But we have a unique design purpose too. And if it's like, ah, I hear that, I just don't know, then go deeper then. If you don't believe it, go deeper to show that it's not so. Do like the guy for Case for Christ. Man, I don't believe none of this and I'm going to prove it. Now, he was a journalist, so he traveled all over the world, and he only found out it's true. He talked to scientists. He talked to doctors. All the top specialists, archaeologists, like, oh, man. 
And when he came back, he loved, he's like, he said, babe, I'm, not, I'm trying to prove there is no God. And everything in life, from scientists to doctors and everything, proves there is. So go ahead, prove that you're already doing all you need to do. Go deeper and find out. So then when you're having a conversation, you go, no, I'm doing all that I need to do based on this, this, that, and the other. You're going to find that. You're going to find what's missing. It doesn't, it's not going to erase what you've done. That's the platform that God wants to build you into doing more than that. So you dismiss some of the, the, the tutors and governors and some of the teaching and training and some of the, 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 the stretching because you go, well, I don't really need that. Because if you can't see purpose, you don't think you need it. You think that's enough. Then you try to come up with how you've been. But we already shot that in the foot with 1 Corinthians 1. Very person he wants to use. So I didn't just give you my opinion. I gave you chapter and verse. There's going to be more chapters and verses, but we can't do it all today. That's all. We stand on our feet. We can stop at going a little deeper, and then we'll go a little deeper next week. How about that? All right? <laughs>